All right, what is up, everybody? Good to be back with you again on the Monday Main Point, brought to you by Rosa Sharon Baptist Church. It's a podcast ministry that we have at church and by your pastors here. And we're joined, uh, I'm joined today with our lead pastor, Jeff McCarthy, and I'm Blake Flincham. I'm the children's pastor here and interim student pastor here at Rosa Sharon. So, Jeff, how was your week? How was your weekend this this weekend? This past weekend? Yeah, this past weekend. <laughs> oh, it's it normal, the normal weekend. I got you. Carolina. Watching basketball. Carolina finally pulled out the first quad one win, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, so, good, good, good. So hopefully Virginia can win and they'll it'll stay a quad one, but you never know. That's true. That's true. That's gonna that's gonna be really bad for y'all if they continue to <laughs> go down the bad path that they're on, which is actually a really good segue into our sermon today. So I actually didn't plan that out a lot. So I'm kind of proud of myself right there. Right. <laughs> but uh, our uh, our sermon that Jeff preached on this past Sunday was called the Two Roads. And it came from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is talking about uh, the two roads and entering through the narrow gate. Jeff, uh, go ahead and for our listeners, what was the what was the reason behind this sermon? What kind of inspired you to? Did anything inspire you to? What was uh, what was up with the background for this? Uh, well, just really the overwhelming uh, sense of where our world is headed, especially our country, uh, with everything going on and the culture out there. Uh, it just seemed like it's like... Uh, it's like more and more and more and more people are just turning away from Christianity, from Christian morals and all that. And so I was thinking about that. And I was like, well, you know, we've been talking about the way of righteousness and all that throughout the month with the memory verse. And so I was like, uh, I thought about that, that passage where the, the two uh, ways, the narrow way and the broad way. And so when I was uh, looked at the passage, there's one is in Luke, the other's in Matthew. So, so I picked the Matthew passage to talk about it and just explain what Jesus was talking about. And so when I was doing the, um, I always get the passage and then I'll go to the Blue Letter Bible and I'll look at uh, all the different translations to kind of get a broader sense of, of what the scripture's teaching. And so when I was reading it and I read the NLT passage about uh, the highway to hell and I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, that was a song when I was growing up. And so I did kind of the research about the song and found out it was like my junior year in college because um, I knew it was a popular song. And um, but I can't remember when it was, if it, if it was high school or college. So that got me thinking about that song and how really that's the attitude of people. You know, I'm on the highway to hell. Got all my friends going. Nobody can tell me what to do. Um, you know, and it's going to be a big party and we don't really care. This is just the way we're living. And uh, you can preach to us all you want, but this is where we're headed. And so, so that kind of summed up, really. I think the attitude of that 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 song is actually being played out now through people. Like they don't care. Like, oh, you say that the path I'm on is going to lead to destruction, but I don't care. I'm staying on this path. You know? Yeah, it almost seems like it was almost like a prophecy in a way for how, kind of like how the culture's headed today. Because, uh, I mean, like you said, even. Even in the midst of like you hear about like these revivals that are going on, which are great, like totally that's awesome. But you still feel this overwhelming, like this uh yeah, it's just so overwhelming to see the lostness. And we're here in Durham and yeah. we see and we're technically considered in the Bible belt too. And we even still feel the lostness that's even around us because we live in a city that's really, really, really lost. I mean, I go back home and people are always talking about, 
tell them I work in Durham, and they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, because they're always hearing about it. So, yeah, we uh, definitely are going to discuss the two roads that uh, Jesus is talking about today. Uh, so let's go ahead, and I'll go ahead and read the verses here that uh, you preached on, and we'll go ahead and pray and get into it. So Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, he says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few who find it. So Jeff's outline was based on uh, breaking apart like these verses here. So let's go ahead and pray. Uh, we'll do that and then we'll get on. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for how good you are. Lord, we do uh, we do thank you that you've given us the way to righteousness, Lord, the way to the Father. And that's through you, Lord. We do thank you that uh, you are that gate, that narrow gate. And thank you for showing it to us. And help us to spread it to others. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. So I, there was something that with your intro I kind of wanted to ask you. You know, I, like the lyrics right here says like, we're going down. It's party time. My friends are going to be there too. I'm on the highway to hell with that song. I've always wondered, when did it start to be like a thing that people thought hell was going to be like one big party? Like, have you seen that evolve in your life, or was that always the case, like even when you were growing up? or uh, Probably with, uh, you had like uh, a motorcycle group called the Hells Angels. Yeah. Uh, then you had some movies, and then music, and I think it was just, a, it was like an attitude um, of this, you know, the, the 60s, when um, there was a big countercultural revolution going on. Um, whereas America at one time was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Most everybody was, you know, it was a resume builder for you to be a member of a church. Most right. everybody was a member of something, whether yeah. it's Presbyterian, Baptist, Episcopalian, whatever. And so the culture, basically the community, the church, schools, uh, government, everything was kind of like all in sync that this is our culture. This is who we are as Americans. Um, this is what we believe in. And then when the Vietnam War came in and then people started protesting and then uh, the sexual revolution, the uh, you know, introduction of psychedelic drugs, all those types of things just created this whole counterculture that said, now we're going to go against institutions. And of course, then institution mean government. And then uh, churches were part of institutions. And so people sort of rebelling against that. Uh, in fact, even like higher education was like one of the institutions they rebelled against. But, um, but at the same time, uh, that counterculture movement then became the cultural movement. And so now we're, we're, we're having the fruits of that as we look at our society now that's being governed by people that, you know, were counterculture in the 60s. Now, they're saying this, these freedoms and all these rights, all this stuff that we were pushing for, uh, gay marriage, abortion on demand, all these things, this is, this is, this is the culture now. This, if you don't like it, then, you know, you're, you're the, the outs. Yeah, you're kind of like on the wrong side of yeah. history. So you're you narrow-minded. Yeah. You're a bigot. Unloving. Uh, unloving and all this stuff. And all we're trying to do is teach truth that if you stay on that road, you know, it's going to lead to ultimate destruction. Yeah, and we'll um, we'll touch on a little bit of that uh, here in a second. But mm -hmm. with your first point being that Jesus is talking about the highway to hell, um, 
with that uh, first sub point here, it's a wide gate and a broad way. So obviously we as believers would assert that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And there's a lot of ways you can go down this path of destruction. But what's sad is a lot of times people don't even know that they're on the pathway of destruction. Even like you take a typical guy who might not be a Christian, but he works to support his family. Um, he uh, you know, might spend time with his family. Some people that might even consider themselves to be like good people. Technically, Christianity says they're on the path to destruction, even though you know, even though they might seem good, but they don't have Jesus, and that causes them to be on this path of destruction. But you also have other people who um, are definitely like you can tell, like their lifestyles are definitely headed down a path. If it's, I don't know, maybe something to do with like drug addiction or alcohol abuse or something like that. You could tell that they're on this dangerous path. You know, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, a lot of us have loved ones and friends that we know who went down this path. And I think you said even yesterday, the dude who wrote the song, The Highway to Hell, went down that path a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately he died of basically drank himself to death after the end of that tour, which, you know, he lived the lifestyle to the fullest. And if you think about it with rock and rollers and a lot of the, uh, celebrities, and even a lot of uh, sports figures that, that people idolize and worship, um, the ones that get addicted to the fame and the fortune and the and then that lifestyle that goes with it and the addictions and all, many of them, live, you know, they die young because they, they were trying to, they're trying to push everything to the limit. And, uh, and so uh, people try to intervene in their lives, but a lot of them never get out of it. Yeah, they don't um, want the hell. So, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, like if you took, like, wrestlers, you know, a lot of them took steroids when they were younger, and many of them die later on in life. Yeah, it's coming back to bite like yeah. yeah, and so, um, so, yeah, but so Jesus is talking to mainly religious people who think that, Which is they're, ironic. that they're uh highway to heaven. Yeah. They think that the kingdom is their good works, uh, obeying the rules and regulations, um, that, that having a temple, uh, a physical location in a physical city, um, and being born in this birthright that I'm born this way, I'm born into this religion, so therefore I'm already on the highway to heaven. And what he's trying to say is, no, you're on the you're on the path to destruction. And so, because they, they want to go by their own way. So whether you go by your own way as being an atheist or an agnostic or an unbeliever or an atheist or, uh, you know, uh, someone's like, hey, I'm a good person. I haven't done anything wrong. Um, I don't think God's going to send me to hell, things like that. Uh, we got, you know, we're already on that road to begin. With. Well, and like, I'm, I like that you bring that up because Jesus was, like you were saying, talking to those people who, you know, thought that they were on that highway to heaven already because they were thought themselves to be good, keepers of the law, very religious. Well, Jesus comes in, and with this, what, what, I, what I consider the greatest sermon ever preached and the greatest sermon that will ever be preached, he comes in, and he he almost like breaks apart the law to him a little bit. And like you take murder, for example. Like you've heard, do not murder. But I say to you, if you've, hate, if you've ever hated somebody, 
you've committed murder in your heart. So mm-hmm. he kind of gives like a countercultural sermon to him. And he was the one who like provided, <laughs> provided the law to him in the first place. Right. So with that, you know, he's kind of turning everything that they've known upside down because that gate is narrow because with what they were thinking is leading them down like this path of destruction. There's so many, gosh, there's so many ways. And what was sad in Jesus's day, religion was one of the broad ways to lead them down the path of destruction with keeping the law. Because uh, I know I've said it on here a few times, but the law, all the law really did was like show the problem. You know, the law is never like the solution. So mm-hmm. with that, with that, they, you know, they were, clinging to this thing that was never really a good answer but they literally had the answer in front of them and some people love this sermon but honestly jeff a lot of people also hated it too um you go on in like matthew 8 you see like a centurion's faith afterwards and um but he was but in verse 29 it says um verse 28 says when jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were astonished at his teaching I imagine being like a first century Jew hearing like this great teacher that we don't know to be God yet, probably to stand up and say a, a more fulfilled message of the law. I, I got to imagine I would either be astonished, confused, or I would be angry because I'm like, what is this guy saying here? <laughs> and well, and if you think about it, these guys, their whole way of life and their means was all tied to the temple. That's how they made their living. That's how they got their prestige. That's how they had their position. Um, and and they were, in turn, uh, in cahoots with the government, with Herod. Um, and so they worked together to actually try to destroy Jesus. Like, like they were trying to say, hey, we're going to destroy you. So Jesus actually took you know, this total destruction on the cross with him that these people gave him uh, when he was going to, when he was speaking against their way of life. Um, because that's basically what a road is, is your way of life. It's your, it's how you live your life. And uh, he was trying to show them that there's a different way. It's not, it's not a religious way. It's not a works way, but it's a relationship through Jesus. Um, and so he's talking to people like uh, Nicodemus um, and Joseph of Arimathea. Yeah. They were on the Sanhedrin. So you take 70 people, 68 basically rejected Jesus. But two. And two. So, so it's like an illustration of, um, you know, because we're, we're kind of, if we're not careful, we'll just throw all the, the vices and the sins in there and we'll, and we'll think, well, good people aren't on this road. But these people were good people. I mean, they thought they were doing God's work and God's will. Right. And, um, and so 68% said no. We're not accepting that way. We're going to go our own way. Yeah, I mean, when you have six or sixty-eight out of two, yeah, sixty-eight out of 70, 90, 90, 90, 90 We're both rednecks who can't do math. Whatever, <laughs> sixty-eight out of seventy. Uh, any math people, text us later yeah. on in the week. Let us know Over what that percent. Yeah, yeah, and so like their eyes were two people's eyes were open because of it. Um, and I think that's a wake-up call for believers today is are we letting, and I'm not trying to make people question their salvation when I say this, but are we, does our life focus around 
the ministry of Jesus? Does our life focus on the going through the motions, the church? Is it so much outward focus rather than inwardly focused on Jesus? Because really, with the whole purpose, I think, of the Sermon on the Mount was to expose the need and to expose the sinful hearts. Because, um, I mean, you even take another example. He's like, you know, you might have think you might have thought you've never committed adultery. You know, you might not have gone and slept with two, three, four, five women, or vice versa, whatever. But he says, I say to you, even if you've lusted after a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. And then you're, and then I'm sure a lot of them were like, oh, well, uh, <laughs> so maybe I have broken that law before. So he's really getting at how sinful man is and the need, which if they, you have to be pretty blinded, I would say, if you didn't see your need after that, because he really elaborates on it and shows like, hey, look, this is a wide, wide road of destruction. Anything from religion to drugs to alcohol to sex, whatever, there's a wide road and it leads to destruction. And what's sad is most people will choose that way because what a, and I like what you said yesterday, there is like a warfare that goes on with this. You know, Paul says that, um, you know, we don't really wrestle against flesh and blood, but but evil and principalities that are really, to me, I think set up by Satan mm -hmm. because um, where God has servants, Satan has servants with demons, and he's like this one big copycat where he's going to try to uh, counteract everything that, uh, Christ is trying to do through his church. So got to be careful because, and I don't know, I mean, it's just so sad that like most people won't, won't see a need. They won't see that, um, they won't see that they are on this very broad, broad road, but that's where, that's where the church comes in. That's where, um, we got to go have those conversations and to have those conversations on how to get to the gateway to life. But they can be hard conversations because a lot of times, especially now, if you say Jesus is the only way, like we were saying, you could be looked at as a bigot. What were some other things you were saying? Like a bigot. Uh, narrow-minded. Yeah, narrow-minded. Like, and almost like a, like you're full of hate. Yeah, yeah. Non-inclusive. Non-inclusive. If you, yeah, it's like, well, why is your way better than mine? And those are when the conversation can turn personal like that. I think that's where where a lot of Christians are going to get the heat, and where the I hesitate to use this word, but like persecution can come in. Um, now. I remember Jeremiah used to say on here all the time, you know, if you're being a jerk and somebody responds to you for being a jerk, that's not persecution. Right. They're responding to you because you're a jerk. <laughs> but if you're sharing the truth and love and they hate you, then I, I would probably consider that more on the, the persecution and, side. And what, what a, the thing is, is everybody's on this road. Yeah. When you're born, you're born on the major highway. You're headed... And both highways are headed to eternity. Yeah, because we're bent towards sin. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's why I said it's kind of like a parallel universe. Um, and so the problem is if you're on that highway and you stay on the highway, then all of a sudden you hear, hey, there's a different way. 
And then you have to make a choice. That's why he says that the way is chosen by many. And then when we get to the second point, we're going to say it's found by a few. So which is, there's a little, you know, one way is chosen, the other way is found. Yeah. So so the, huh. the way is offered. Uh, most people, when they hear, I mean, I don't know really of anybody ever. Um, and I imagine it probably has happened when the first time ever they heard the gospel. They give their life to Christ. Usually, I think they say uh, it's theologists. It's like it's like at least seven times. Seven times yeah. if you've got like a Christian background, but if yeah. you don't, it may be even twenty or thirty times. Yeah. And so when people hear it, so they're already they're already in their own uh, way of life. Let's say if, if I'm a Hindu or um, even if I have no religion, or I'm going my way, and all of a sudden now I hear this 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 message over here about Jesus dying on the cross for me for my sins, and so I may think, well, you know, I'm not really a big sinner. Why do I need someone to save me? I'm just going to stay in this lane and keep going down this highway, and that's really what it is: is you're on a highway and you're on a lane, and eventually there's going to be an exit, and if we don't get off that highway to hell and get on to the highway to heaven, which is like the narrow way, right. then um, then I've already made my choice. If I heard the gospel and it's been presented to me and I don't accept it, I made the choice. So all these guys here, this the 70 people on the Sanhedrin, um, I wish I'd have brought all this up in the sermon now, but um, so sixty-eight <laughs> the of them, is yeah, for. sixty-eight yeah. of them like chose to say no. We're going to kill Jesus. Only two, only two walked away. Yeah, and um, and they were even considered to be secret disciples. Yeah, because it says that uh, like when Nicodemus comes to Jesus, he comes, comes by, by night, and whether and whether that's to me, I think it's because. If he comes in the day, that's going to be. Right. I think he didn't want anybody else to know he was going to go find out because all the other ones, when they came to Jesus, it was always to try to trick him or to catch him. I think Nicodemus was sincere and really wanted to hear what Jesus was saying. Yeah. And Jesus was putting it all in a spiritual plane, whereas he'd been living his whole life like thinking thing. he was spiritual, yeah. but doing all these things. And that's why he's like confused. Like, how how is a man going to be born again? Is he going to crawl back into his mother's womb? It was like. Mind blowing to him, and then Jesus, he's like, about, "Aren't you a teacher of Israel and don't know these yeah. things?" Yeah. So, so he talks about the spirits, like the wind. You, know, you don't see it, but you see the effect. So when you blow in your hand, you can feel the effect of the wind, and that's the way the spirit works. And so he finally gets to a point where he gave him an illustration that he could connect to, and that was when that snake was lifted up in the wilderness, and yeah. all the people had to do was turn and look. And that Jesus says, I'm going to be lifted up. I'm going to become sin on a pole for you. And so that's what Jesus has done. Uh, he's become sin for us on a cross. He's saying, all you have to do is turn to me and look. You know, take the exit and get on this pathway. Uh, find me, seek me and find me. And if you find me, if you really seek me wholeheartedly with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you will find me. So you will be on this path. Yeah, that's... When Jesus uses that illustration there, I think, gosh, I can't think of many better ones he could have used. Because, like, in the, I think it's in the book of Numbers where the people had been 
bitten by serpents, wasn't yeah. it? And poisonous, like they are bound for death. You know, like us, we are we might not have necessarily been bit by snakes, but we have a poison in us called sin. And they had like a physical poison that was going to cause them to die. Well, we have like a spiritual poison that's going to uh, cause us to die, and that's sin. So in the wilderness, Moses takes like this bronze serpent and lifts it up, and he's like, look, all you got to do is like look and live. Look and live. And some did, some didn't. And Jesus is saying, like you were saying, that exact same thing. Like, hey, look, you're going to have to look to me, turn to me, because like if you're having to like look at something, you're having to like turn your head. So like, whereas there was like a physical turning, Jesus is saying do a spiritual turning. You know, turn towards the Son of God who is going to be lifted up and on a cross. But also, uh, he's going to be literally lifted up from the grave too and rise again on the third day to secure that victory so that you can have hope that you can defeat this sin. And I think when we look at the when we look at like the highway to hell versus the highway to heaven, for me it seems like the highway to hell is easy now, but it's gonna be much it's gonna be hard later in the afterlife. The highway to heaven is hard now in this life but going to be easy in the afterlife because we're going to like, man, we're going to get to be with Jesus. Then like he's coming back to make all things new, no presence of sin. Like that's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. But what's so hard for like finite minds is to get us to wrap around. Like, Hey, there's so much more to us than what's than our life. Mm -hmm. Um, I know like David Platt uses the illustration of, he has like this long rope. And he puts like some red duct tape on the rope. And you're, we're talking about a rope that's probably, I don't know, 10 feet long. And this uh, duct tape looks like about maybe six inches long. And he's like, this is really your life in comparison to like all of eternity. Why focus on the small part instead of focusing on the big part? You know, and I, I think that's what Jesus is saying here. It's like focus on what really matters because we're only, what's the average life expectancy? Like 80 years old? 78. 78 years old? I say 77 from me and 78 from Yes, I mean, on average, people are guaranteed about 78 years. This was 2,000 years ago. You know, this was 2,000 years ago. A lot of people, you know, you you take a look at your family tree. I mean, I can't I can't remember my great. I I think I was alive when my great great grandparents were around. I I mean I don't remember them, but you take my great 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 grandparents. I couldn't I couldn't even tell you their names, and I maybe. Do you know your great-great-grandparents' names? No, not really. Right. So what's sad is, and I use that illustration to say in a hundred years after you're dead, you're almost forgotten, which is like a sobering reality. Yeah, for, for the most, for the, uh, the billions of people that live on this planet Earth, uh, it's only a small handful that are known by a few people. And even if they are known by millions, it's still a few when you when you look at seven point 
Well, how many, how many, how many billion? Right. And how many were, people do we know that um, were we know because of bad stuff like Hitler, Stalin? Yeah. I can't think of many people. I can think of a lot more people who we know for atrocities than I can for godliness. Yeah. And so, like Billy Graham. Yeah. But. I mean, that's yeah, about so people one. will say, well, Hitler definitely was on the highway to hell, so I'm not a Hitler, so why would I be on this highway? Yeah, and that's and where... So that's where people try to put a degree to sin and all that, but uh, the thing is, we're, we're on the highway to begin with, and we can exit off if we find the way, and, and the way, of course, is through Jesus, and he teaches us about that in the second part. But one of the passages, I actually was going to preach... From Jeremiah 6.16 first, when I was first thinking about this, yeah, um, and I read it from the NLT, it says, this is what the Lord says, stop at the crossroads and look around. As for the old godly way, ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path, you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. So that was the, really the passage I was looking at to begin with. And I thought that's really what, what's happening in America today. Everybody's trying to say, we've got to stop. We've got to change direction. We've got to go back to what, what's right. And the vast majority of people, are, through their votes and through the, how they act and through how they live, are saying, no, 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 no. We don't want that way. And so this is a, a choice. I mean, you're on the highway by birth. Now, all of a sudden, you're staying on the highway by choice. And um, so the only way to get off that highway, like I said before, is You've got to find this narrow way. And for those of us who have found it, then it's our job then to point people to the exit and try to get them off that highway onto the path. Yeah, and that's where I think this we're getting into an area where the gospel can be a little bit offensive. Because when you tell people who have been on this path for years and years that they're used to, they love, hey, you're headed down a bad path a lot of the first reaction is not to like it, you know, because here's, here's the thing, because we're born, you know, born with bitterness towards sin, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Hitler or somebody who might not have committed genocide, but without Jesus, you have the same destination without Jesus. So you can think of like the worst person who's ever lived and the nicest, with air quotes there, person who's ever lived, without Jesus, they have the same destination. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you know, where, I mean, try telling somebody that <laughs> in this day of time, you know. Well, that's, like, that's, that's one of the ways you can help try to get people to understand. You ask them, like, who do you think would be the most godly person in the world? Yeah. And uh, so somebody mentioned Mother Teresa. Or they might mention Billy Graham. Yeah. And you say, well, where do you fit on the scale? They, well, I'm no Billy Graham or Mother Teresa, but I'm I'm no Hitler, which they would probably put like way down below. Right. But they'll find them place on the plane somewhere. Where I'm, I'm I'm probably down here, like the vast majority of people. I'm just a good person. And so what you have to see people see then is like, okay. So what you have to see then is when Jesus died on the cross, because none of us are perfect. He died for that gap. So in other words, you're, you're saying you're a good person. Well, you still have some bad in your life. So he's dying for that that bad, that gap of badness. Right. You know, and even if you went through your whole entire life, and maybe the only thing you ever did in your entire life, 
you you basically stole one piece of bubble gum. That's the only thing you ever did. Well, that sin still has to be paid for. Yeah, it does. And, uh, that's paid through through Jesus' blood. Right, and I like I like that illustration you use because sin causes separation. That causes a big tension. That causes no relationship between God and man. Well, that's why Jesus had to be God and man to bridge that gap, not only theologically, but also, um, but also on the cross, um, because that's the only way that we can have a relationship with God is that if a God man comes and he is perfect. They, if he lived the life we should have lived, you know, really dies the death that we should deserve, be a substitute. That's how we're able to have that relationship, and that is the only way. And I think a lot of times Christians can get a bad rap from being so narrow-minded. But I think uh, I think what's his name, Penn Gillette, said it best. He's like, if you really, and this dude's an atheist, by the way, and he's like, if you really believe I'm on the road to hell, and you don't proselytize, how much do you have to hate somebody to not go and tell them? Right. Because what we believe is like, if you see somebody who's stuck in the road somewhere, stuck onto like some train tracks tied down, and you see the train coming, how much do you have to hate that person just to leave them there? You know, that would be, we would be like, well, that's a jerk move. You just let them there. You know, like, did, you know, do they do something to you? Like, why do you hate them? Well, that's honestly, it's kind of like what we do as believers if we don't share the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, we might let fear get in the way when really, I hate, I mean, I'll just say it. I mean, really, it's one of the biggest acts of hatred we can do is to not share the gospel with somebody. And uh, Right. It's, it's, um, and that's why it's such a narrow gate is because there's only one gate. There's yeah. only one door. There's only one way. And that's through Jesus. And it's not a another religion. It's it's a person. When Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life," He's talking about it's me. I am the gate of the sheep. I am the door, and so He is the way to have access to God. It's not another religion, another another thing you have to work through. And so a lot of people um, misunderstand this passage when He talks about it being a difficult way, because uh, they're thinking, "Well, it's something I've got to do." But not, once you get on this highway, then the, uh, the reason it's difficult is there is a pull to get back on the main highway and you have to keep keep keeping on the road because there is that pull to go back. And sometimes we do we do make a U-turn and we go back. You know, it's what we call backsliding. But then you have to turn back around and say, OK, I, I, I messed up. I've got to get back off this road, back into uh, fellowship with Jesus, because technically we're still on the way. For eternity, we're still on the narrow way. It's just we've lost our fellowship. Um, but it's like um, when I lived in Savannah, Georgia, um, there was this uh, bridge went out. A, a boat had hit it. Oh wow! And um, and so it was on um, I ninety five, and it was um, a foggy morning when there's a lot of fog. And this guy was out on the highway trying to wave people down to say stop, don't keep going. And people just looked ignore, looked at him and ignored him. And like it was about 15 cars just kept going and, and wow. plunged off that bridge. That's and it. then finally, you know, people started stopping to find out what. If he, he finally got somebody to stop so he could say, look, 
come out and help me. Turn on your blinkers. We got to get people to stop because the bridge is out. And if they keep going, they're going to die. That's a good and that's what our job is, is, is to be the person that, that puts up the road flares, that puts up the billboard, that puts up the, uh, the, the detour. Like we're the ones out there. That's our message. That's what we're trying, we're trying to do is get people off that pathway, off that, that Broadway onto this. Uh, way to life. Right. And that's uh, like as believers, like if you really believe that Jesus is the only way, like it, tell somebody, you know, because like what, because right now a bit, we were talking about um, false teachings in student ministry last night and I didn't have time to get to it because we uh, kind of took a, took a rabbit trail, but not really last night, but had a, uh, one of the things I was going to talk about was um, how in second we're going through Second Peter, how these false teachers that had infiltrated the church and churches there, uh, they were just genuinely being dishonest. Well, one of the dishonest false teachings, false uh, religions, false cults, if you will, these days is something called the coexist movement, where it basically says that, you know, Christianity and Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever, whatever religion it is, we should all kind of like coexist well together because really at the end of the day, it's the same and we're all headed to heaven anyway, which is like that stuff is being taught and we as believers do not believe that. Like there's no way that Christianity and Islam can go hand in hand together because right. it all denies. And the whole thing is that, all these other religions, teachings deny the person of Jesus. So based on that alone, like we worship a triune God. If other religions do not affirm a triune God, we are not talking about the same God. So there's no way that we can coexist, nor can we say that those can provide a way when the master, the Lord that we worship says that there is one way. We can't go against our Lord and say, yes, there are other ways. So that's why it's so important, and I almost feel like I'm preaching here, but I'm totally not sorry because it's worth it. <laughs> but that's why you just got to know what's going on in our world. Well, and part of the problem is, uh, in America especially, but not only America, but in, in the western part of the world, uh, Christianity in a lot of denominations, a lot of different groups, has been taken over by the progressive mindset it has. And a liberal mindset whereas now like you could take even like Duke University um, sometimes if you go if you watch it on TV or go to a Methodist church you don't know what you're hearing because um, they, they've bought into this whole thing what you just talked about about coexisting where we're all on the pathway to God we're all on the you know, we all have like, uh, they look at it as like you're going to the top of the mountain and all these different pathways get you to the top of the mountain. Well, our destination is not the top of the mountain. Our destination is eternity. Right. Jesus is the one that said that the only way to come to the Father is through me. There is no other way. Um, if there was other ways, it, was, it would be totally foolish for God to send Jesus down a cross when there's other ways to get to him, why would he, why would he want his own son to die Just, on the cross for us? And the cross was brutal. Yeah, we're not talking about a quick death. Right, he so hung Jesus, for six hours. Yeah, so Jesus took all this destruction that was meant for us 
on the cross, and that's why we find it. We find him. Um, we we make a choice once we find him to receive him yeah. as our own. But he's looking for us too. Well, Jesus he, even prayed for another way, but less. But yeah, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So uh, it's all part of the, the it's all part of the the world system, the world train of thought. Um, it goes all the way back to the very beginning of the garden. Did God really say this? Yeah. And yeah. so it's all just doubt. It's all like people. Are, it, it's really the biggest thing that's going to get people in the end is pride. Yeah. It's going to be pride because um, they don't want to bow their knee and confess Jesus as the Lord of their life. They want to be their own lords of their own life. Uh, and so uh, that 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 right there in and of itself will lead to destruction. And maybe you, you'll live a long life. You'll live to be 100 years old. Uh, but if you spend eternity without God, you've met total destruction. And so... That's why it's important for us to understand and know that the vast majority of people that we run into on a daily basis, you know, are headed on this highway to hell. Yeah, and let me be clear, hell will be no party. No. It will not be a party. You know, you're not going to hang out with friends and, you know, party and act like you're having a good time because it will be impossible. To have a good time. You look in the uh, uh, story of like when Jesus, let me make sure I'm getting this right, the rich man and Lazarus. Yeah, the rich man and Lazarus. Like the, the rich man in hell in that story even prays to, he even prays that somebody would be sent to his family members who were alive on earth so yeah, that he wouldn't have. my brothers so they'll, uh, about this place so they'll, they won't come. Right, and you see from that story alone, that dude was in misery. Jesus talks about all the time there's going to be weeping, gnashing of teeth, and it's going to be, you know, your body's going to be destroyed in hell. Now, whether that's physical or uh, more like a emotional, that's been up for debate for 2,000 years now. What, what we're saying... No matter what it is, you don't want to experience No, this is something that you should not even wish on your worst enemy because and, and Jesus even says after that story uh, to the man, even if one would come back from the grave, they still won't believe. And so Jesus basically comes back from the grave. Yeah. And people still don't believe. And the first thing they made up was a story. Yeah. You know, the the so, guards. So they choose, they have chosen this pathway. They want to stay on the pathway, even though the way can be found and that puts the onus on us as the church because he said, you go and make disciples of all nations. And uh, by teaching them to, to obey everything I've commanded, commanded them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, and I'll be with you always. And so, so yes, we know the vast majority of people are going to choose the way. It's only going to be a few people, but we don't know who the few people are. Right. And that's why our job is to tell people about Jesus, and then the results will be left, left up to the Holy Spirit and them, whether they receive Jesus or not. But if we never, ever, 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 ever open our mouth, never, ever, ever try to get someone you know, into a church where they can hear the gospel, 
then basically um, the road's going to continue to have masses of people on it because we're not doing our job. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we've, uh, for the lit, for you listener, it might seem like we've harped and harped and been real like negative on this podcast. But the reason we're telling it to you like this is because it's a reality. Following Jesus, especially in this day and age, is hard, but it's worth it. And that's that's going to be like a final encouragement that I want to leave with the leave with you is that following Jesus is hard. It's uh, Jesus says you got to you know if anybody wishes to come after me, you got to deny yourself. That that part's hard in and of itself. Just deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me daily. What he's saying is to die daily to yourself so that you can follow me. That's not natural, and you can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be tough, but in John sixteen thirty three, he does say, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Jesus ascended up into heaven and sent his spirit to be within his believers. And he said that when I'm gone, uh, you know, basically the spirit is going to do greater things than even what I did here. Like, And what I think Jesus is getting that is like, Jesus was uh, ministering to Israel in his time, but the Holy Spirit's going to go out to all nations. It's going to go out to the whole world. Um, and you see that in the book of Acts. You see that even in today because there's Christians, six, seven, eight thousand, however far Israel is away from here. There's Christians here in America, South America, everywhere. But the job's still not done. He says, Be courageous. I have conquered the world. He did that through his resurrection. So that's one thing I want to leave with the with you listener is that following Jesus is tough, but it's worth it. There's going to be days where it's not going to seem like it's worth it, but remember the bigger picture and uh, he's going to give you peace about it. I'll let uh, I'll let Jeff have the final word here and then we'll get into what uh what we'll be talking about next week. Um well I just the the thing is is that uh you have to you have to look at people and you have to picture what road they're on mm. especially if you're on the you're if you're on the path to uh, righteousness to to heaven if you've given your life to Christ you're a Christian and our job is not to go to heaven alone the only thing that we can take with us to eternity is other people that's a good point um, we just can't take it for granted that people are he- headed to heaven because of the vast majority of it doesn't matter if they've been in church 60 years or been in church never. You know, treat people as people who are real people who are in real need of a real Savior. And let's uh, let's just let's partner together. Let's, uh, let's fulfill the Great Commission together, folks. Uh, so that's, uh, that's going to kind of put a wrap up onto this, uh, this portion of the podcast, uh, on the two rows. If you've got any questions about anything, feel free to shoot us a message. Um, Probably Jeff might be the only one who can send that message because I'll be going to Alaska this coming week. But yeah. uh, uh, feel free to try to reach out to me. Even uh, uh, if I have service, I'll respond. I have no idea what the service is like in Alaska. <laughs> but we'll, uh, I'd be more than happy to do anything for you. You know, Jeff would too. Jeff, what's uh, on the agenda for next Sunday? Well, since it's a metamorphosis, I think their um, their whole theme is on relationships and the verse the guy talked about was First uh, Corinthians 30, 15, 33. Don't, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts, 
corrupt good habits. Ooh, that'll the be King good. James, New King James, uh, translates it. Um, so it's trying to show uh, how your how your relationships influence you, either to the good or to the bad. Right, I know that's going to be very beneficial to the student ministry this weekend, and I I think that's that's even the older I get, the more I realize that's even more beneficial for adults right. <laughs> too. So, uh, looking forward to it. We won't have a podcast next week. Like I said, I'll be in Alaska, but when I get back, the plan is to have one. Assuming I'm not jet lagged, is I'll get out and that I actually get back from the flight because there's so many delays right now. So, uh, pray for me. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get back with it here in probably two weeks. Uh, This is the Money Main Point. Thank you for tuning in and let us know what we can do for you. So long.